Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms of Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms of preteens, teens, and young adults. My mission is to first and foremost support and encourage you, mom, so that you can live well and reclaim your life. Two, this show will help you have the best possible relationships with your teens so that you can communicate, motivate, and guide them effectively and actually enjoy them. And third, I will bring you top-notch guests who will share the newest in adolescent research and trends so you can be prepared and aware of what your teens are facing today. Always you will leave each episode armed with practical parenting tips. Welcome back to the 237th episode of Power Your Parenting, Moms of Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Today, we will talk about how to raise teens with self-esteem and confidence. But before we get started, I wanted to let you know that my seven-week Power Your Parenting program starts today. I have room for a few more. If you're listening to this on October 2nd, email me through my website, ColleenOGrady.com or email me at Colleen at DialDownTheDrama.com. And Colleen has two L's and two E's. Every time I lead this program, I'm blown away at how awesome the moms are and how real they are. I really get to know you because once a week we meet on Zoom. I love seeing moms who before the program couldn't get their daughters out of their room and couldn't get their daughters to talk to them. and then. After the program, they find that they are actually interacting and enjoying time with them. I love it because exhausted moms before the program learn how to get themselves back in their schedule. And so they start enjoying their life again and have something fun to look forward to. Before the program, moms who feel like it's their job to worry 24-7 over their teen have learned how to strategically parent their teen based on the neuroscience which helps them dial down their anxiety. So again, act now. If this is pulling at your heart and you would like a little more support, some great information and accountability, this may be for you. So you can reach out to me again through my website at ColleenOGrady.com or email me at Colleen at DialDownTheDrama.com. All right, so today we're going to talk about how to build self-esteem and confidence in our teens. Our guest today, Ruth Klein, is the author and founder of the nonprofit Universal Mom, which works to help children and teens uncover their talents through the art of writing. With her master's degree in clinical psychology and a master's degree in spiritual psychology with an emphasis on health, consciousness, and healing, Ruth is passionate about helping youth reach their full potential by believing in themselves prior to founding Universal Mom for 22 years, Ruth led the nonprofit Self-Esteem Council, which went into high schools to work with sophomores and juniors. In less than 10 hours, they changed students' perceptions of their lives, increasing their self-esteem and confidence. Many of the students they worked with had the confidence to apply for summer jobs and get involved in school activities the following year and apply to college, when previously, college was not even on their radar. Outside of her nonprofit work, Ruth has a successful career that spans over 30 years. She has helped her clients create a 360-degree brand 
and convert their expertise and content into best-selling books that have gone on to be high-ticket programs, TEDx speeches, PBS specials, TV guest spots, five-figure speaking engagements. The author of seven best-selling books, her upcoming release for parents is titled Conscious Connection and is slated for an early 2024 release. Welcome, Ruth Klein. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yes. So the first question I ask all my guests is, are you a mom? And if so, what are the ages of your kids? I am a mom. I am a proud mama. And my kids are in their 30s. I started when I was 10. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So I think you are a grandmom, aren't you? I am. They call me Mamo, which is mom in French. You know, I always say that our names represent who we are. And Mm -hmm. as we had chatted a little bit earlier, I'm more of a mom than a grandmother. I do definitely spoil them, but I do let them know they're out of bounds. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, I love Mamo. That's great. Yep. And I have nine grandchildren, nine wonderful grandchildren, ages 10 to 16 months. Wow. Do they live around you? One lives here. Six lives Northern California. I'm in Southern California. And two live in North Carolina. But it's okay because I'll be going to San Jose in about a week and a half. And then something like a month later, I'll be going to North Carolina. (laughs) I make the rounds. I make the rounds calling. Yes. I decided a long time ago that it was important for me to make sure stay in contact with my kids, no matter how busy they get, no matter how many children they have. And if that's important to me, then I have to take responsibility to get on a plane and go and say hi. And it has worked very well. And the kids love having me, which makes me feel so good and welcome. So it's nice. Mm. Well, we're soul sisters about that because I think the relationship is everything. It's everything. And, you know, it builds as the child grows older. Hopefully the relationship builds and builds and builds even stronger with a child that now is in their 20s or 30s or 40s or more. And they understand so much more. And keeping that connection and communication open is essential. Yeah. Which is why I wrote Dial Up the Dream, because it just doesn't happen naturally. Yes, you have to be focused on it. In my opinion, it has to be a high value. And you have to be able to keep that in the forefront, that that is a top value. Because sometimes we, you know, we're human and we have these values. But if you were to look at our calendars, it wouldn't represent our values. It might Mm -hmm. represent one or two, but it doesn't represent the other three and four. All right. So I love your nonprofit, Universal Mom. Can you tell them what that's about? So I have a couple of degrees in psychology, clinical psychology, and years later ended up getting a master's of science in spiritual psychology with an emphasis in consciousness, health, and healing. and 
for many, 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 many years, I believe that the crux of our success on any level, relationships, personally, in business, and on and on, has to do with how we see ourselves, our self-esteem and our self-confidence. And so I started a nonprofit called Universal Mom, which basically represents that love is universal. Being a loving mom or parent is universal. So it doesn't matter what language, it doesn't matter where it is in the world. And the other thing that I do personally that I have my clients do, I do what's called soul-centered coaching, as well as my branding business. I give homework for journaling because I like to go pen to paper. Me too. Um, However, I have to share with you about two, three months ago, I started something called A Day in the Life. I just love that. I love that title, A Day in the Life. And I went on my computer and I thought, you know, I'm going to do this for 40 days. And I mean, A Day in the Life, day one. I love it. And then I just start pounding on the computer, whatever. It's just like journaling. And I never thought, Colleen, that I could have these amazing downloads with the computer as I do with pen to paper, but I can. And what's so beautiful is that, man, stuff that's come into that my brain and into my fingers and onto the screen is amazing. And Mm. I'm on day 62 because after 40 days, it was so great. I just kept on doing it. And do I do it every day? No. Does it bother me? I don't do it every day. No. But when I remember, do I do it? Yes. So I went ahead and had them all copied and all the pages copied. And I have it in a binder. And I went over them with a highlighter, some amazing insights, some of which I remember, some of which I don't, but they all are powerful for me and a reminder. And that's you know, really cool. Oh, it's so cool. It's so incredibly cool. And the parenting book that I'm working on now, I'm going to put that in my book as a wonderful, wonderful exercise. And so because I'm a writer and I'm an author of many books, I, as well as most people get downloads, I call them divinely gifted downloads, because they're far better than I could ever have thought of. There's just something about stopping and pausing and reconnecting with a part of you that we usually don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And that is that feeling part, that subconscious part, the part that drives us. And what comes up is pure gold. It's pure gold. I think that's what comes up in anyone journaling. Yes. And so this takes it just to another mm-hmm. level. But I do still do this, you know, hand mm-hmm. to paper which is a little bit every day, but I love the doing that a day in the life. And it's so cute. You know, it starts from the next day to the next day. And then I indent a day in the life. Day (laughs) four. And then then calling, I started dating it. So now it's like September 18th. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's so fabulous. So let's go back to Universal Mom. And I know you did lots of writing exercises with the teens. Mm -hmm. 
Can you talk about that? And if you could share some of the stories, because this is great to think about journaling for the teens and also journaling for moms. I love this because both is important. Both is important. And so I have it with my business clients as well, men and women. It's it's just very, very powerful. So I had a nonprofit before this one called the Self-Esteem Council, and I had it for 22 years. And we went into high schools and we dealt with sophomore girls and then we dealt with sophomore and junior girls and boys. And they were truant. The counselors chose them. They were high level of truancy. They didn't really care about school. They weren't really getting involved. And we put together a program, a lunch and learn, but for self-esteem. And in that one, we had training, but it was talking. So what it was, it was basically, there was a different topic every month and we discussed it. And the most important thing to me was that we kept it positive because I believe in positive reinforcement. And a lot of these kids were already getting negative reinforcement just for attention, even though they were getting in trouble. And so they were used to that, but they weren't used to the other. And so that kind of flipped them on their head a little bit like, huh? And they listened as a result. They listened as a result. And the results that we had with these young people, less than 10 hours a month was amazing. Many did not have college on their repertoire and they were applying for college as juniors. And they started as a sophomore with us. As juniors, they started participating in school activities. It was amazing. And then that had to close after 22 years because the mentors were, you know, going off doing other things. And I cried the day we closed it and we gave our funds to another organization that dealt with children. And then the next day, Colleen, I had this magnificent divinely gifted download and it was Universal Mom. And I just kept writing and kept writing and kept writing. It was like, I don't know, 17 handwritten pages. And it even... The download even came down with the ages, 8 to 11, 12 to 14, 15 to 19. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. And then as I'm writing, I was like, you know, I love children, but there's only one of me. And then the download, don't worry, sweetheart, you will credential the mentors, the universal moms that will be all over the world. Wow. Yes. And so I just kept writing. And then I did a pilot program with teenage girls and it was very successful. One of the girls, she was a senior. She wanted to go off to college, but she had something like a D minus or F plus, I don't remember, in English and she wouldn't be able to graduate. And she had had tutors up until that time. And her mother found out about Universal Mom. And we have eight sessions. They're two and a half hours each. And after the fourth session, She had her high school senior English final and she got it. And then she looked at it and she immediately thought what she always thought of. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then something sparked from what we chatted about with one of the four sessions. And then she wrote. And then she ended up getting a B plus on the paper, which was a heavy duty for the grade. She passed the class with the C plus or something. And her teacher said, where have you been all year? Mm. And Mm. so the universal mom, no matter what age group, it's the age appropriate stories. 
So if they're teens, I'll share a story about Oprah Winfrey, but I won't say Oprah Winfrey's name. I will just say some of the facts. And then at the very end, I'll say that was Taylor Swift. That was Oprah Winfrey. And then the lesson of it is for Oprah, what is something you really wanted to do? And people just keep telling you, you can't. Mm. That's prompt. And then Mm. they start writing. And it's just powerful. It's just really powerful. And so there are many parents that caught wind of that. And I'm working with groups now via Zoom. So because I'm a writer, we're going to start doing books. We're going to actually have books. And then because I'm in marketing, those books will be on the bestseller. We'll get an Amazon bestseller. At least we'll go for it. So I'm really excited. I have two grandchildren in kindergarten. We're going to do a prompt and then they'll do a picture and then we'll craft a book. Oh, that's wonderful. And the whole idea is to have it in the Library of Congress. So it'll have their own ISBN number, that book. And so they will say that they're published authors. And because, as I say, I'm an author and I'm a purist when it comes to books, meaning it's got to be good. They're going to be really proud of it as they get older. And maybe each class will want to do something like that every year. Who knows? Oh, that's fantastic. So what are from writing? So what are some other prompts that would be good for teens? So one in which I use is I believe everyone has a genius zone. And, you know, I work with a lot of adults in business and so many of the people I work with, and they're very successful, but they're either burnt out, they're overwhelmed, they're tired. You know, moms, they don't have one job. They don't have two jobs. They have at least three jobs, at least three roles, three jobs Mm -hmm. in one day, in one day. Yes. As we all know. So because of that, sometimes we lose sight of our genius zone. And if we can work in our genius zone and live in our genius zone, we will have so far less stress Mm -hmm. and overwhelm. And so what I try and do, knowing on the adult side what's going on, I try to catch it on the prevention side with Mm -hmm. the children and teens mm-hmm. between the eight and the 19 year olds. So we might open it up to 20 year olds eventually as well. So I help them identify their genius zone because many times we have a genius zone, Colleen, and someone will say, we well, can't make money on that. Or, you know, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Or they forgot what it was, you know, believe it or not, I loved creative writing when I was in high school, loved it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to be a writer. That wasn't on my horoscope or anywhere <laughs> you know, in the horizon. And then I happened to talk to a friend who was an author and people would ask me, moms would ask me all the time, Ruth, how do you have the time to cook and to volunteer and raise kids? And it's like, I'll just write a book. I'll just write a time management book for working women. And that's <laughs> what I did. And I didn't know that that was going to be the beginning of seven books going into my eighth book. And I already have number nine and number 10 in my head. So who would have known? Do you know how many books it took me, Colleen, before I started helping others write books? Four books. I wrote four books because before I realized 
I can do this. I can help others write books. This is easy for me and I can help them. And they write really good (laughs) books and I can help their business and get visibility and all of that. And so that's a piece of my genius zone. Yes, yes, yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, I did not have parents that did this, but a parent might say, well, you can't make a living off writing. Well, good Lord, you sure can. You sure can. (laughs) Because I have writers that come to me and want to know how to make more money. And there's so many different ways that someone who can write can make a very, very lucrative career out of it and Mm -hmm. work as many hours as they want. So anyway, that's how that came about. So I'll ask a prompt such as, what do you think your genius zone is? And believe it or not, the younger they are, the more they understand that question. Oh, that's interesting. Uh Uh-huh. And the adults will kind of look at me like, eh? Very true. So what are some surprising genius zones have you heard from teens? One is clothes. They love to style clothes. They love it. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they love makeup. And when they were very young, they went in their mom's closet and started trying on clothes and played around with accessories, loved accessories. Another gal, there was chaos going on in the family and her safety zone was staying organized and she became so good at it, it became her genius zone because Mm -hmm. she naturally figured out how to go from chaos to clarity with Mm -hmm. her surroundings. And Mm -hmm. then from there, she was able to go psychologically and figure out what was going on. Someone else loved, loved music. She said a day did not go by that she had to listen to music. Mm -hmm. And she listened to chords and she listened to the discord in some of the chords. And she just found it fascinating. You know, now she's a musician. It's very interesting. Oh. There is one gal, as a young person, she loved adventure. If there was something to climb, she'd climb it. She loved adventure. She loved the big animals, the zoos. Going to the zoo was her favorite thing to do and climbing and things of that sort. And now she wants to be an adventure tour guide. Oh, that's great. There's two things going on there, Colleen. There's two tracks. There's one identifying the genius zone. Mm-hmm. And the second tract is building the self-esteem muscle. I can do this. Mm. This makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm going to stay the path. I am going to be responsible for learning X, Y, Z. So it's a double path. That's where I lead my universal mom students. Well, that's great. You answered a question before I asked it. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just to play with this, do you see a difference between self-esteem and self-confidence or do you see that as the same? I see it slightly different. Mm -hmm. Self-esteem, in my opinion, self-esteem is really feeling good about yourself. It's being okay with who you are, 
what you say, how you speak, what you look like, and how you show up. And truly be okay and know that the more different we are, the more beautiful we are instead of the other stuff that we learn. And self-confidence plays off of that. With self-confidence, you earn or learn self-confidence by the things you do, by the responsibilities you carry, by being able to self-regulate, by being able to learn different things and be able to show up with a level of confidence, knowing that you're good at what you do and you're open for learning more. That has to come in. I think Mm. it really has to come in. And it's that confident piece. I'm going to go on that field and I'm going to do really well in this soccer game. And Mm -hmm. so much of it, if not all of it, is psychological. Mm -hmm. And that's where it starts. And then you get on that soccer team and you've revved yourself up. You don't wait for someone else to rev you up. You internally rev yourself up by saying, I do that. I do that still. I've got this. My directions, my internal GPS does not exist. And so we've been going to a family vacation camp on a campus for over 20 years. I get lost every year. (laughs) And that this year it was, I've got this and I'll be done. It's just, I'm determined. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do it. I'm confident about it. And if more teens can show up like that, just like my student who fell into the trap of, here we go again, I can't do this test, to something clicked. She got a confident hit. She got a confidence hit. She goes, I can do this. And she did it. And the teacher wondered where she was all year long. That's so fantastic. All right. So here is the million dollar question for all the moms listening. How can they help their teens, tweens have self-esteem and self-confidence? What can moms do? And what are some things that moms maybe unintentionally do that hurts it? So I'm writing this down so I can answer that. Do you have another two days and we can chat about this? (laughs) I love to ask like a four-day conference type of question. Here's the deal. Those questions are really important and they're valid and we need to be talking about them. So I'm going to start with a couple of things. With self-esteem, you know, let's backtrack a little. What do children really want? They want to be loved. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be acknowledged and they want to be supported. But basic, basic. And Mm -hmm. what do adults want? The exact same things. Mm -hmm. And what do you want in a relationship? The exact same things. Mm -hmm. And so here's the catch calling. How do you know that your child feels loved? Mm -hmm. You know, I read and I used to work in mental facilities, state run, privately run, all kinds of things. And when you spoke to the parents, they loved their kids, but the kids thought the parents didn't love them or the mom or the dad. So Mm -hmm. that really hit a chord a long time ago when I was getting my degrees. 
So it's like, how do you know your child is loved? How do you know that they feel heard? You ask them. You ask them. So simple, but very profound. You know, maybe I'm just a simple dumb. That's kind of where I like to live is simple and profound. Yeah, me too. You know, and support is, you know, Joey, do you feel I support you? Do you feel supported, sweetheart? And they will tell you, no, not when you tell me boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. And then you have a choice which way to go. But Mm -hmm. most parents don't even have a clue. They think they're supporting their child. They know they love their child. But does the child feel loved? Do they Mm -hmm. feel supported? Do they feel heard? How Mm -hmm. many times do we as moms get upset because we don't feel heard? We don't feel seen. Think about it. Mm -hmm. Whether it's with the child or with the spouse or at work or whatever. So that's the first part. I believe in positive reinforcement. To me, positive reinforcement is loving. Loving is light. Light is stronger than darkness. And so you can go to a football field, super, 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 super dark. You light one candle, Colleen. One candle and the ballpark is no longer dark i love that so light is stronger than dark positive is stronger than negative however do we as moms know the difference Mm. do we know the difference and you i was having this conversation with my kids they were having a conversation and i was saying one of the most important things a parent can do is go through personal development. Yes. Go through personal development. It's never too late Mm -hmm. because a child always, always, always wants the love and attention from a parent, no matter Mm -hmm. what. So it is never too late to go through personal development, whether that's therapy, whether that's coaching, whether that's retreat for a while, training for a couple of months, whatever that looks like, it benefits everybody. We don't truly know how we come across and we are a combination of how we were raised. Mm -hmm. And we often say, oh my God, did I just say that? Oh my God, I sounded like my mom. And so that's first and foremost. And then, you know, loving, positive over negative, light over dark. Self-confidence, I was an overprotective parent. They might call it a helicopter parent today, mm-hmm. but yes and no and yes and no. I was more protective in terms of their safety, mm-hmm. but I remember one time, I wouldn't call it helicopter, but one time my daughter asked me how to spell something, and I love to spell. I'm a good speller, and I said, sweetheart, look it up. She goes, mom, just tell me how to spell it. I said, look it up. That's building confidence, Mm -hmm. allowing the child to do things on their own to figure it out. Yes. If they are figuring it out and it's taking them forever, then go in and go, sweetheart, can I help you? How can I help you? And they go, no, 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 no. I want to figure this out. Okay, great. But then when the child does something successfully, They're going to feel good about it, but sometimes more pronounced if mom goes, I love the effort that you put towards that. 
Mm-hmm. Bravo. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily mm-hmm. you're a good kid to do it, but to focus on the effort, to mm-hmm. focus on the problem solving skills that were necessary, to focus on the persistence that the child kept doing, to focus on those kinds of things because they hear it again and again and they go at some point without mom present, I'm persistent, I'm resourceful, I'm smart, I'm a problem solver. And that leads to great amount of high self-confidence, I believe. Yes. Oh, that's so good. As you were saying that, I think that the kid feels seen. And I think moms can help name something that the kids don't even see quite yet. Then they can own it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I have to share with you, being in psychology is good. Being in psychology is not so good. So (laughs) when I was pregnant, I had my daughter first and then I had my son. And then the third child, I didn't really care, boy or girl. But because I know psychology and middle child syndrome, I thought, well, it'd be nice to have a girl. I had a boy. And then I thought, okay, middle child. Okay, Uh, (laughs) middle child feels they don't have an identity. They're kind of in the middle. Aha. So I introduced, started introducing David and letting him know that he was the firstborn male in the family. (laughs) And I'm Jewish. And that's a big deal to have the firstborn son. And I mean to tell you, Colleen, he smiled like this. And I would introduce (laughs) him like that. And I could tell if he had feathers, the feathers would come up. He was so (laughs) proud being the firstborn son. And do you know, to this day, to this day, I many times, if it's appropriate, I go, and this is David, my firstborn son. I love that. That's so fantastic. Because, you know, the eldest, I mean, they're the eldest. They have a place, man. And then there's the baby. They have their place. And then there's the middle child. What happens there? So the children, ooh, now you have two in the middle. How do you figure that one out? (laughs) Oh, that is so fantastic. I want to just backtrack for a second, just to name something that I think for moms, we just live in this place. So we may not even be aware we're doing it, especially in this culture. And I'm sure you've been practicing for a while and you see it is the pressure on moms to get their kids over the data finish line is so strong that we think we're doing everything that's really great for them. And we don't check in with them very much because our agenda is filling our heads. Any thoughts about that? Well, what a question. Well, it's not a question. I think it's just to be aware of, I think that's some of the reasons why moms don't say, ask those questions that you said before. Do you feel that I love you? Do you feel that I support you? Because our agenda kind of blinds us from really seeing them. And when you say agenda, do you mean the agenda and the data points getting the child to college or getting them to have good grades? What do you mean by that? Yeah, performance, productivity. Performance, productivity, yeah. Okay. So it's rare today for a child to be a child, which Mm -hmm. means to just go out and play. Mm-hmm. Just play. There's so much learning that goes on in just playing. Right. And we have so many 
smart games and smart types of videos and things of that sort. Those are, you know, I like those. But yes, we've somehow, it seems like all of life is on a very, very fast train. And there's a conductor there, but the conductor's head's whizzing around. (laughs) (laughs) And I moms have this stress that we place on ourselves because our friends are into that school and and I want my child to be successful. As I told my kids, whatever school the kids get into is exactly the school they need to be in. And mm-hmm. all three of them, I don't think they got into the school their first choice. And they were really upset. And I kept telling them, there's a reason you're going to this school. This is the school for you. Mm -hmm. And one had his sights on Harvard and he was devastated. And he ended up going to a wonderful, wonderful university and then did some things at Harvard. But I just believe that you're going to get into the exact school you need to. And I think it's really important that we as moms realize that, you know, if you want your kids to go to an Ivy League, that's fine. But what for? Mm -hmm. To be successful? Okay. What does that mean? Psychologically Mm -hmm. healthy, financially healthy, relationship healthy. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And just because someone gets into some university or college for every super success or unicorn, they're far more just regular people or kids that aren't doing well psychologically, mentally, emotionally. And so we have to stop. Moms have to stop and think, why are we doing this? What is propelling us to push our kids? What's propelling us? What's propelling us? Us. Why Mm -hmm. is it so important to us? Because Mm -hmm. my little five-year-old, he could care less. My eight-year-old could care less. My preschoolers could care less. They just want to have friends. Mm -hmm. They want to be acknowledged. They want to have a positive experience. They want to have a positive um, environment. They could care less. And so I think moms have got to stop on this roller coaster. And I can hear moms saying right now, yeah, but you don't understand. I've got a full-time job and I'm single and I'm this and I'm that. Trust me, we all have our own life to deal with. We all have our own reality to deal with. But at some point, at some point, and more often than not, we need to just stop and pause and breathe. Because you know what? Kids don't really care about all the toys. They don't care about the toys. I remember when my kids were little, we were living in a small place. And I can't tell you how happy my kids were with pots and pans. It was so annoying. It was so loud. But I had them at my feet level while I was cooking and they were playing with pots and pans. And then I got smart and used plastic <laughs> containers <laughs> and things of that sort and, you know, blocks so they could hit it. And they were happy as a lark. And we think that they need more toys, bigger toys. No, what they need is us. What they need is eye contact with their mom. What they need is mom not looking at the phone when Mm -hmm. they're talking to them. What Mm -hmm. they need 
is mom listening to them, looking at them, asking them questions, responding to them in a loving way. That's what kids need. And quite honestly, that's what moms need. Absolutely. Because we get our energy. We get our North Star so much from the reception of our children. Well, I could talk to you forever, (laughs) but we both have lives. So maybe my last question for you is, so I know you're writing a new book on conscious parenting. So maybe just tell the listeners a little bit about the book that you're writing and why you're writing it. Yes. So in my profession, in my business, I do two levels to calling. It's mindset and skill set. And when the mindset is ahead of the skill set, there's high level of frustration. And when the skill set is ahead of the mindset, it's high level of frustration. And so when I say mindset, that is what is blocking, what is blocking you from reaching your goals? What is blocking you? And the skill set is learning how to write a book, learning how to have a market, your book or your business, how to do branding of you and your book, yada, yada, yada. And what I see again and again and again and again, and was started, you know, full circle with this interview, is that self-esteem piece shows up. It shows up. And if you don't deal with it at the level that it needs to be dealt with, it keeps showing up and it prevents you from living the life you really want to live, bottom line. And it causes a lot of stress, causes a lot of dis-ease causes a lot of overwhelm, causes a lot of upset. And so my soul center coaching, I do with everybody, with everybody to help them get through blocks because, you know, people will come to me, Colleen, and I'm sure with you as well. And they'll say they want to do a career change. They don't, I'm thinking of someone now, they didn't know if they should go into private practice or they should go with someone. And I always know that's not the real reason. There's something underneath that that's preventing them from making a decision. They're having so much problems making a decision here. There's more. And in all, there's always the gold is underneath. But I call it the treasure trove. It's a treasure trove. I love it. And I help people find that treasure trove and going to the source. Once we go there and we can see what's going on, we then can make some conscious choices, different conscious choices. And from there, we go to skill set. And from there, we know the decision, we know the financial piece, we know all of that. And so that is what I would say to that because it shows up everywhere. Your self-esteem, how you see yourself, how you love yourself or not, and how you feel about yourself in terms of the confidence shows up in everything you do. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Well, that sounds really wonderful. Wonderful. So how can my moms contact you and find out more about you? I'm finishing up a website, so I'm not going to give you the mom one yet, but I'll give you my regular one. It's ruthkline.com and Klein is K-L-E-I-N. And I would love to have a chat with you. It's a 30-minute complimentary chat you know, if you have an issue that you would like to have answered or addressed, or at least a direction, some clarity around a parenting question or a time management 
question or anything like that, you would go to talktoruthkline.com, talktoruthkline.com, and Klein is K-L-E-I-N, and that will take you to a calendar and you can set something up with me. You can also connect with me on Instagram. It's not the universal mom one, it's the business one rather. And you can just say interested, you know, I heard you on the interview and I can let you know, I'm going to start doing some Zoom, worldwide Zoom fireside chats with universal mom and answering parents' questions. Well, that sounds fantastic and very generous of you. So thank you so much. Uh, This was great. You are a wonderful interviewer. You know, I could talk about this all the time. It's so important. It's so powerful. It runs its tentacles through everything we do. And thank you for the opportunity to allow me to share at least one version of how I see it. You're so welcome. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning best-selling books, God Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com. And that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.